Balance is such an important thing in everything we do. Your portfolio needs a balance of high growth potential and safe investments. A sports team needs a balance of blitzkrieg pinch hitters and a stable middle order. The news you consume should come from various perspectives. Even the music you listen to, you should shake it up. Balance and diversity are good. What about food? Hmm, well, there's so much information out there. So how do we ensure we get the right amount of everything? How do we bring balance into our meals and yet ensure our nutritional goals are met? Today, I'd like to introduce you to the concept of the healthy eating plate. Welcome to One Rep at a Time, a podcast from CultFit that encourages you to become a healthier, better and happier version of yourself by building small, sustainable habits. Let's welcome your host, Deepak Gopalakrishnan or Chuck. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of One Rep at a Time by CultFit. This week, we are talking about eating right. Now, the problem with this topic is that there's so much around healthy eating and eating right that it can get a little complicated, even for somebody who might be hosting a podcast on it. Which diet to follow? What to cut out? Do I really need to count calories on a daily basis? Mummy, I don't want to. So on and so forth. The healthy eating plate or the HEP is one of the simplest methods of starting eating healthier. In fact, I'd say I consider it the simplest method to start eating healthy. Let's have a look at what it actually is. And hey, in fact, we've covered parts of this before in previous episodes, but this concept is important enough for it to have an entire episode of its own. So the Healthy Eating Plate or HEP is a guide for creating healthy balanced meals developed by the Harvard School of Public Health and it indicates rough quantities of each food category that we should eat every day or with every meal. I link out in this show notes about the Healthy Eating Plate so you can have a visual look at it but in effect here is what it says. About half your meal should be veggies and fruits. The more the variety, the better. And I'm sorry, potatoes don't count. Sorry. (coughs) Then, a quarter of your plate should be whole grains. And by that I mean whole wheat, barley, wheat berries, quinoa, oats, brown rice and the foods that are made with them. Including whole wheat pasta and our own whole wheat chapati, etc, etc. The whole wheat part is important as they have less of an impact on blood sugar. And the last quarter, good quality protein, of course, fish, poultry, beans, nuts, eggs. We've spoken about protein several times on this show. So that completes the plate by itself. Half of your plate for veggies and fruits, quarter of your plate for whole grains, quarter of your plate for good quality proteins. So that completes the plate by itself. But around the plate, there are a few other things that are recommended. Healthy plant oil in moderation, lots of water and staying active. But largely, since our focus on this episode is about food, let's get back to talking about what's inside the plate. Again, half your plate for veggies and fruits, quarter for whole grains, quarter for good proteins. Sounds simple, right? Now, why I like this is because it's rather practical and simple to do no matter what the situation is. You don't need complex calculations or weighing scales. The ratios are easy enough to remember. You really don't need anything more than, well, a plate. Another reason this is useful is you can apply it to almost any situation. And I'll talk about that in a bit. Third, it's backed by loads of scientific evidence. If you go through the link in the show notes, you'll find that this is a simplified practical outcome of a lot of practical research. So it's not like some Instagrammer randomly came up with a fad diet. This is actually backed by doctors, researchers and nutritionists. 
and lastly it can be adaptable to any diet or cuisine no matter what you eat or where you're from the split between veggies whole grains and proteins can be applied if you're dealing with south indian food or mexican food or mediterranean food or pretty much any kind of cuisine and even if you're planning to have a cheat meal it provides enough of a template for you to choose your sides to ensure you're getting at least some amount of good veggies and proteins in now let's look at some specific situations in which you can use this approach at home if you're cooking then you can plan accordingly you know that you need to center things around half your plate being veggies and or fruit and in an indian context that could mean more sabji dal gravy whatever counts remember just not to overdo it with the oil use just a little bit otherwise even this can end up being unhealthy so you might have a generous amount of sabji two whole wheat chapatis or brown rice and some chicken gravy or egg or paneer to make up the protein remember if you're making something like a paneer gravy that means your veggies and proteins come together so don't think of the healthy eating plate as three distinct portions sometimes they can be one plate with all ingredients together now what about eating at work If you're taking a dabba from home that's simple right you do the HEP exercise while pack- packing your dabba and if you're ordering be mindful of keeping things in this ratio and don't overeat okay share with a friend or just carry the excess back home restaurants can be pretty generous with their portions when they want to apply the same tip if you're ordering for home If you're going out or eating at a stall, well, here too, make sure you're getting a mix of everything as much as possible. You might need to visit multiple stalls though, but being mindful that you need good amounts of veggies, whole grains and proteins can help you mindfully navigate which stall to visit. You might end up frustrating your colleagues who just want puri bhaji in one stall, but hey, that's a price you got to pay for health, right? Similarly, if you're traveling on work or going to a conference and are faced with a buffet, plate things accordingly similarly if you're going on holiday okay okay let me not lecture you too much about your holiday because well you probably earned a cheat meal or two but here to try to maintain this practice while you're out eating at a restaurant or even if you're staying at a hotel with a generous breakfast buffet don't feel compelled to do paisa vasool for the included breakfast there are several variations of this online so if you're looking for a specific diet or cuisine google's your friend but yes remember this is a great thumb rule or more like spoon and fork rule never mind one thing to note is that you don't need to keep the elements separately for example if you're making a salad bowl or a sandwich or an even an indian gravy chances are the veggies and the proteins or the carbs and the proteins are going to be put together unless you're eating at one of those hyper hipster places that give you all the ingredients and ask you to do the assembly on your own what's the deal with places like that anyway what i mean by this is be mindful of the ingredients so even if you're ordering something do so with balance almost mentally deconstructing the meal to make sure you're having everything not enough veggies order a side salad not enough protein make sure you get it via a side and remember most importantly exercise this with portion control the hep and portion control are honestly all you need for a healthy diet but it won't help if your plate itself is going to be super large Whew. so there is a lot of gyan today so let's get into cool down shall we It is time for cool down that part of this show where I give you a fun little piece of trivia. I really hope you like the concept of HEP and keep it in mind because I'm going to tell you about some eating plates that are not very healthy. In a previous episode we told you how a great way to do portion control is keeping your plate to 9 inches. So what do you feel about a place that is close to 60? Hmm. Some restaurants have these 
Some restaurants have these mega thalis. You'll find them all over the country, really. They'll be served with sometimes close to 40 items, ranging from gravies to different kinds of meats to different kinds of breads. Uh, well, feast is one way to describe it. Excessive may another way to do so. One such thali in Mumbai is named after a legendary wrestler Dara Singh. But you're not expected to have these massive thalis on your own. One of these plates is meant to be eaten by 4 to 5 people. However, if you complete a plate completely on your own, that is all 30 to 40 items, you get the meal free. Well, while I definitely encourage listeners to go for a challenge, maybe this is one that you might want to turn down. <laughs> or go with friends, very hungry friends. Some restaurants will get you thalis that run the full spectrum of the country or a region. For instance, some places in Bangalore will get you a pan South Indian thali. Hmm. There's also a bahubali thali in a restaurant in Dubai that weighs, get this, 3.5 kilos and needs two people just to carry it to your table. Needless to say, none of the articles I went through mentioned the amount of calories one such thali has, but given that the average thali with a mere 5 to 10 items is likely to be around 750 to 1000 calories, we could easily guesstimate that one of these crazy thalis would knock you back by, well, at least 3000 calories, and that's assuming that you're sharing. Ah, stick to the healthy eating plate, folks. <laughs> And that's it for episode 34 of this podcast. If you'd like to say hi, my details are in the notes of this episode. I'll see you here tomorrow. And remember to take life one rep at a time. See you soon. You've been listening to One Rep at a Time by Cult Fit. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Music or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking for sustainable weight loss coaching, check out the Cult Transform program on the Cult Fit app or website. See you on the next episode.